Okay. So for both Caroline and Corey, what is your best first date? What was your best first date? What was the best first date? That was a lot of good first dates. Okay. You, the best dates, the best first dates are always dates with girls you really like. Ones that light you up on the inside. Mm-hmm. Where typically you're eye-fucking each other from the beginning. Those mm-hmm. are the most intense ones I've found. Yeah. Because I've had the experience where I meet a girl and I really like her. I'm super attracted to her. But she's just kind of like, eh. Right. Eh, go out. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like that. And over time... Mm-hmm. I was able to get her to fall for me and fall in love and have a relationship. But comparing that, because that takes skill, obviously, and acting like a man. But the bottom line is she was interested enough to go out on a date. Yeah. But not as into me as I was into her. Mm-hmm. And so as a man, if, if especially if women feel that, that's typically enough for her to reject you. Right. But I acted masculine enough to attract her to me, get her to fall in love, have a relationship with her. And it was amazing. Mm-hmm. But what was so much more satisfying and more fulfilling and the the relationship and the feelings were a thousand times more intense Yeah, was when I, I met, when we met, and it was just like an instant connection. I fucking from the, and smiling at each other the moment we laid eyes on one another. Yeah. To me, those are like spiritually arranged. Those are people that you are destined to meet and you know it from the moment you look in each other's eyes mm-hmm. and then you start talking and things just the 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 feelings that you feel inside the energy really that you feel inside is so much different so much more intense right and the connection's better because you're more into her and what i loved about that compared to where i was super into her and she wasn't that into me mm-hmm. was that when somebody's super into you from the beginning you're going to like them more because they already really like you it's nice you want to be with somebody that really wants you and really wants to be with you and so when it's kind of mutual a mutual intensity like that those Mm -hmm. are those are soul changing type of events you're never the same after that and once you've had that kind of a a connection and then you get to have a relationship with somebody like that it's Mm -hmm. those kind of connections they usually always they always stay in touch even if you guys never date or get together they always will stay and touch with you. Even if it, might, if it might be once or twice a year, they still reach out because mm-hmm. they think fondly and highly of you. And you're always grateful to hear from them. It's like the same thing with my closest friends. It's There was just something different. We clicked from the time we started hanging out. You mm-hmm. know, it was like Chunky's dad and I were I don't even remember when we met. I know we met sophomore year. Mm-hmm. I just remember he was always around. He was always smiling at me, always glad to see me, always made me feel like he wanted me there and was glad that he had the opportunity to hang out and talk or whatever. And it's it's mm-hmm. always been that way. My my closest friends were always like that. It yeah. just like even um, you know, my German friend Andy, it's like I remember I we met, I was hanging out with another friend of mine who was also in real estate and we met at Hooters in like downtown Orlando. He's like, Oh, I gotta you gotta meet my buddy Andy. Mm-hmm. He's hilarious. <laughs> and so we meet at Hooters and start having a few beers and we start talking politics and, and uh start talking about history and stuff and he mm-hmm. was telling me you know, some of um, his family members and stuff. They didn't obviously were talking about the war and stuff like that because his grandparents were like teenagers or, or young. Yeah. I think they were actually in their early 20s during the beginning of World War II. And so it was in, I was fascinated by world history because both my grandfathers were in it. Right. In World War II. My mom's father was not, he was a captain in the army and basically 
walked across most of Europe to help liberate it, and he got shot in the hip, and it jacked him up, shortened his life. Mm-hmm. Um, he was never the same after that. But my other grandfather, my dad's father, he was in the Navy, and he was in five invasions, and he was always telling telling war stories and stuff like the whole time we were growing up. So when I met Andy, it was just like, yeah, we liked each other from the get go. Cause we had so much in common. We were both in real estate. He was hungry. Aww. He was young and upcoming and we were, you know, focusing on our dreams and all the things we wanted to accomplish with our life. And it's cool to meet a kindred spirit. That's somebody that's kind of on the same path. Cause most people are just average. They tend to major in minor things. And so when you meet somebody that also is hungry and determined and confident in themselves and have the attitude that, hey, I'm going to figure this shit out one way or another. Right. I'm going to figure out to have the success mm-hmm. that I want. It's it's rare. You don't you yeah. just don't meet that many people that kind of have that. And so mm-hmm. those kinds of connections are, are really great as well. But it's like from the dating perspective, it's just it doesn't matter what you do. It's like going out on a date like that with somebody that feels that way from the get-go. You feel like, man, the universe... God has finally smiled on me today, and right. this is meant to be. I can't wait to see what happens and, and where it goes. That's mm-hmm. part of the fun of life. When I was in my, when I was in my like late twenties, and I uh, was working at a at a place that I was, you know, this is before I went into business. With my business partners in real estate, and I had one of the guys I worked with, and he grew up in uh, like downtown Orlando, College Park area. I don't know if you're familiar with College Park is all around downtown. It's all all brick streets and most yeah. of the houses were built in like the 20s, 30s, 40s. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of charm, siding, hip roofs, just really um, a cool place. And then, you know, in the downtown um, area, which is like Princeton Street and like Edgewater Drive, there was this little tiny barber shop and it had you know he would have that little barber pole it, it you know the thing didn't spin mm-hmm. it's just like when he was working he would hang it on the outside and uh and he had this sign that was like a piece of cardboard that was handwritten it looked like it was fucking 30 40 years old and faded and when he wasn't working he was just it was like just said closed mm-hmm. and when he was he'd flip it around and says we're open come on in and when you walk in <clears throat> it's just a barber's chair this ratchet looking sink Mm-hmm. This old ass mirror and sign it just said all haircuts like two dollars or something like that. Wow. So he was a barber. Yeah. And his dude was like in uh at the time I started going to him, he was like in his late eighties. And he wore these shirts that were like buttoned down and he'd worn them so much they were kinda almost like see through a little uh, bit. Yeah. And he had a mustache, and he was nice. He was always talking. You could just go sit down and get a haircut, and for 45 minutes, he'd talk your ear off and tell you stories. And yeah. He had this little, you know, it was a handwritten sign mm-hmm. that he had hanging on his wall. It was it was like, you know, jammed into the back of the, the little mirror. I mean, it was just, imagine this little sink about this big. Right. And the floor was kind of, it wasn't even that clean. There was kind of dirty, but I mean, it was two bucks for a haircut, and he mm-hmm. did a great a great job and obviously you know you, i think we used to give him 15 20 bucks or whatever because it was a normal haircut yeah. for a barber would cost this guy never raised his prices and he, he'd been doing that like when he's in world war ii mm-hmm. he was a barber in the navy Aww. and so after he got out that's yeah. what he did his whole life and he had been working there in that location for decades mm-hmm. and the guy that had introduced me to him he started going there when he was a little boy and mm-hmm. at this point we're in like our late 30s right and or, you know i'm sorry late late 20s mm-hmm. And, uh, and I continued to go for, for several years and he had this design that it just said 
something along the lines of like he's because he was had plenty of money to retire. Mm-hmm. He's happily married, been with the same woman his whole life, raises kids, got grandkids, great grandkids, and it was like people asked me, "Is like his name was Phil, mm-hmm. and it was like Phil the barber," and. uh and I went there until he was probably in his 90s. And then I noticed one time I was driving by, the barber thing was gone. And then a few months later, I ended up seeing him in Publix. He was shopping there. Oh. And so he'd obviously retired at some point. But the sign just basically said, you know, it's like, why, why do you keep doing this? Why do, you, why do you keep showing up here and cutting people's hair mm-hmm. after all these years, all these decades? Yeah. And he just said, at the bottom of it was like, I just can't wait to see what happens next. That's mm-hmm. why I keep showing up. Oh, that's so sweet. Is he alive? Uh, I don't. I seriously doubt it. He, the, he was in his uh, probably last time he went there, ninety nine, two thousand, and he was early nineties, like ninety one, ninety two at that oh, point. No. So I seriously doubt whether he's still mm. with us, unless he's one hundred fifteen, hundred eighteen. But the dude was like, he was a machine, man. Yeah. I think there were like one or two ch- ratty chairs in there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes there were other dudes that would come in and sit and wait. And it was mostly older clientele yeah, or dads coming in with their kids because, you know, when they were kids, they used to go to them. Right. I mean, I used to go to the same barber when I was in high school that my dad went to. Mm-hmm. And there were pictures of him, you know, back when he was cutting, you know, hair in the early 60s when my dad was a kid. So yeah. that was a, that was pretty trippy Aww. in the 1980s, to, you know, because he was obviously an older man by then. Mm-hmm. But he... Cut hair for a lot of years as well. He was a character. He talked Yuri Roth. Nice. We love the ho- the humble old men. He was pretty awesome. Yeah. But I agree with the whole, um, it's not really the date itself that um, makes the impression. It's just the feeling with the person, how they make you feel. Because not necessarily my date, but just I went into it shy. I've always been shy quiet and nervous I almost canceled because I just had like social anxiety that I'm like oh my gosh I don't know what I'm gonna talk about and we went on a speedboat so it's like adrenaline kind of rush and me I don't want to get my hair wet I'm like oh my gosh my makeup's gonna get messed up mascara and all of that kind of just disappeared because he made it such a good time like he just made it fun funny exciting and like he was screaming and I'm like oh my gosh okay I'm screaming now and he's sliding left and right because the boat's moving like this and your pants are wet and I'm sliding I'm just like this is like such a great time and then afterwards I'm just like still on a high and I'm like yeah let's get food let's try this food let's try this place let's go here and then we made plans for later that night and I'm just like that was such a great time because I kind of he got me out of my comfort zone and that's so special to me like when people can make me talk and make me become outgoing because i'm not normally like that so i would feel comfortable and safe yeah i'm like yeah it was dangerous it's dangerous masculinity driving a speedboat (laughs) yeah i used to do that a lot when i used to have my uh, i had an air air nautique ski nautique was a wake wakeboarding boat Mm. and that boat you could go full speed 45 miles an hour and then turn the wheel (gasps) as fast as you could to the right or the left and the boat would just because it had fins in the front and it was it yeah. dug right into the water, and you know, I would take my my different girlfriends I had over the years out, and it's like they loved it. Yeah, you know that, or taking a girl on a jet ski that would you know when they're holding on to you and you're yeah, it really turns a woman on. Yeah, it's fun. It's exciting. Did he get to the promised land? He became my boyfriend eventually. Ah, so I'll take that as a yes. <laughs> yeah, he made it to the promised land. Yeah. She enjoyed his dangerous masculinity.